Hi, and welcome to Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. This was a fun episode for me to record because I was able to interview one of my favorite and at the time former employees, Sarah Collins. Sarah came to work at my agency right around the time that Facebook first launched. She was right out of school. Snapchat was not even in our vocabulary. Sarah worked with me for a few years and then moved back home to Wisconsin and continued on with her career. In this episode, Sarah and I catch up and we talk about the topic of social media strategy and how she leads her teams in the agency world. Ironically, since this episode was recorded, today Sarah is back with the buyer group and she is the vice president of social PR. Hi, everybody. So I am super excited for our guest this week to talk about Instagram and Instagram for business. And so please meet the lovely Sarah Evans all the way from Las Vegas. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Lisa. And please don't mind the sleeping baby on me. This is my life right now. (laughs) Yes, we actually have two special guests here. One is sleeping and one is Sarah. Sarah's baby. Say hi to Zula. Um, so Sarah, we are actually going to be presenting together in a couple weeks talking about Instagram for business and all the cool things that can be done and also some of the things that can no longer be done because of the whole algorithm change. But um, tell us what are, what are um, some of your, what do you think of Instagram for brands and who should be using it? So I'm actually pulling it up right now because I want to look at it, but I'm really excited about Instagram for brands because it offers the opportunity to do something that was a little bit cumbersome before. And one of those things is how to actually contact a brand. Um, You know, you only get the one link opportunity in your bio, which is, you know, that's how they choose to do it. And that's fine. You didn't have any other options. And now when you become a business on Instagram, you can actually click contact and you can add in email, a phone, a website. So you can actually utilize that profile space a lot more efficiently. And then what I'm doing is actually saving the link area for whatever I'm promoting at the time. So I say um, in a post, I'll post about something and I'll say click link in bio in order to go view that content. So I don't have to have it point to my actual homepage or URL any longer. I can be much more strategic about how I'm using that space, which is great. And that's just one of the features. And I'm sure you're seeing that too, Lisa. Oh yeah, definitely. And the other thing is um, using just Instagram stories, which just came out in August. And kind of how do you how do you best recommend integrating Instagram stories and how do you compare it to Snapchat stories? So here's what my kind of personal rule has been. And of course, the best way is to learn the rules and then break them to get attention so you don't have to follow this step by step. But what I'm saying about my Instagram feed now is that I'm using Instagram the way it was meant to be used. You know, they built in all of these features for videos and you know, people create memes and post photos with Um, text over them, but I've moved away from that since they launched stories. So I can actually use stories for the more um, funny, engaging, the one-off things, less staged photographs, um, or to actually tell a story. I might want to document an entire adventure, but maybe only get one really, truly good shot, one good photo from it. So that becomes my Instagram post and I can create much more thoughtful, um, more beautiful content. (sighs) in the static picture area and then use stories for my movement or you know just actually telling a story now that versus snapchat has been something that i'm still learning to do too Uh, much of the time i'm reposting similar content on both places because i have two different communities there but snapchat i 
take much more liberty. I'm, I feel like I'm much more funny, more carefree there than I am on Instagram because I have a business profile. Uh, so I'm still thinking about it and filtering it through the eyes of a client. Whereas Snapchat, I, I just let loose a little bit. You kind bit. of let loose, yeah. I feel the same way. So that's how I kind of designate the type of content on each place. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And, um, you know, it just seems like there's this, the war between Snapchat stories and, and Instagram stories and <laughs> who's going to win. It seems that if you have a community on Instagram, Instagram stories are amazing. You don't have to worry about Snapchat. It's much higher for me. The engagement? I can post something and have hundreds to thousands of views on stories versus maybe a couple hundred on Snapchat, but I just have so much fun on Snapchat and um, I started, honestly, I started using Snapchat publicly a lot later, so it's taken a while to build that up. My husband was even on Snapchat before me, and I, but I was using his so I could stay up to date on what was happening on Snapchat, but I was like, oh, the kids are there, the kids are there. I was like, I'm too old for this, and then, mm -hmm. I, no, I'm not. It, like, made the, you know, the mainstream trend, then I was like, all right, I yeah. can do yeah, yeah, definitely. What about the Instagram algorithm? So how can we beat it? What do we do about it? Well, I don't know if there's a way to <laughs> beat it, but one of the important things, and you might have changed, is you're seeing more posts from people in your direct network, in your community. So it's not chronological order any longer. It's about who you're interacting with. Similar to Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook and, and Instagram. So that's one way and also to just be much more engaged more engaged on people's photos actually going in and liking and commenting um, and interacting and uh, during my social fresh presentation i talked about the kylie jenner effect um, and it's something that i read on i think it was a buffer blog post about how um the the kylie fans um, and lots of celebrity fans. I'm just using her as an example because she's super popular on there. They use different terms like LB on there for like back. So they'll go and post on one of her photos, LB, and she'll have thousands of comments like that. And that means if you go and like someone's photo that posted that, they'll automatically come and like yours. So they'll increase their photo likes by hundreds or thousands by using those. Um, and they have several different commands. I have um, actually a screenshot of a slide that I used I can send to you. Okay. But you know what? They probably know more about this than I do. <laughs> no, no, no. But use, but still, all these kind of you know the hacks are good to know, especially if we're trying to break in. And how do you start? You know, if you were starting a snap, a Snapchat, or even an Instagram account today, what do you recommend? How how does a business start out and get a following? So, um, will there be completely different tactics on Instagram versus Snapchat? And for Instagram, you want to identify the popular hashtags in your industry popular people who um, also post content in the industry as long as it's not a competitor so that you can engage and interact with them. Um, so hashtags would be great and also creating an editorial calendar with really amazing content and segmenting it out by what would be photos on your feed versus what would be Instagram stories. So for example, a business, let's say you're in the donut industry. You have tons of opportunity to post beautiful photos of donuts, people eating them. You can style shots, light it well. And then on stories, you could actually show how the donuts are made. You know, that, that old joke, but you could actually show behind the scenes footage. You could show um, fans and customers of your business eating them. Um, you can do, you know, a lot of unique engaging content through stories versus the beautiful, more stylized photos you might share um, in the picture area. Now, 
for both Instagram and Snapchat, you want to promote your profile. And because on Snapchat, you have your snap code, which people can then download and your phone scans so you can follow them. I've changed almost all of my profile pics to my Snapchat. I need to do that. So that is a great way at the end of every blog post, throw in your snap code, add it in your email signature, because um, you're going to want to really push that. Right now, a lot of people have on their marketing um, materials, they have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but it's harder to just list your Snapchat um, URL or your Snapchat username and have people go and follow it because they have to physically type it in. Mm -hmm. and it's just a little bit more cumbersome. Mm -hmm. um, so anywhere you can insert that snap code to make it easier, um, even if it's you have it posted on a marketing material inside your business for people to take a picture of, or um, if you have an SMS system set up for your business, send out your snap code in one of your upcoming updates to customers. So you want to really push that and focus on it to get people to start following you because it's not as easy as every other network where it's just, you can openly find people to follow. True. True. I don't know if you saw my Snapchat takeover yesterday. I interviewed Colin Austin and he owns uh, scooters for less in Gainesville, small business. Um, he actually went to UF and has this very successful business and he uses Snapchat primarily to communicate with his audience and he's built a great following and he has the snap code actually on the back of all of his employees, t-shirts, um, his invoices. I mean, you know, he takes it like one step further. What a great best practice. Right. Um, you can even order, you know, from a company, like if you're getting your business cards printed, go to moo.com and order just Snapchat cards. Um, right. Yeah. On it, especially if you're going to a networking event or speaking at a conference. So maybe Lisa, I'll print up some for us. For we, I was just gonna. Okay. <laughs> we need those too. When we have this checklist that we have. Okay, to we'll do it. We'll do it. For fun. Okay. So um, Sarah Evans also has a PR background, strong, very strong digital PR background. And Sarah, what would you say are some tips to get publicity using Instagram? to share a company's news or what are some tips that you can get from that standpoint? So it's hard to say things like, well, think in terms of going viral because that's not always what it is. Sometimes it's just making sure your existing or new customers and clients see your content. So it's important to think about what information is important to them. And I always go back to the editorial calendar and it sounds old school, but it's still so important and, and relevant today. So what I will do for myself and for brands I work with is, is segment out messaging by social network. So what messaging is appropriate for Twitter versus Snapchat versus Instagram versus Instagram stories you know, versus YouTube, whatever social networks that you're using. And then we come up with the you know draft content for that. What type, what medium of content is appropriate and then how we're going to promote it. I mean, now with Instagram, if you are a business, it's really easy to use Instagram ads to promote your story and target it. Same with Facebook ads to promote and target. And Twitter, you know, we always want to do a boost. So then in that editorial calendar, I'll have a column, are we going to promote this? Are we going to do an ad buy behind it? Um, and how much is that going to be? So then we can track reach and start to tweak things based on what kind of outreach um, or reception that we're getting. And then you want to look at engagement. You know, you're asking people to come like and, and follow your content, but how nice is it when a brand actually engages back with you? And if you're trying to build a following and get publicity, sometimes it means, not sometimes, most of the time it means you also doing the engaging to, to reciprocate. Exactly, right, to follow the media and interact with them. So from a visual standpoint, what tips can you give for making that Instagram 
image really stand out? And, you know, you said you were getting away from kind of the, the overlay of text. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend today? So again, this is like know the rules and then break it. So if everyone's moving away from text, maybe you want to try going back to text, to, mm -hmm. to get, you know, to get that engagement. But I mean, just making sure you have good lighting, like I showed you, I'm just lighting myself with my Lumi case, um, making sure that you have access to good lighting. Uh, and I just quickly switching um, to, to video, because if you are doing video, it really does help. Uh, I just got some feedback from a client. We did a Facebook Live video, which we're not talking about right now, but video is so a part of everything we're doing. And they want stabilized video. You know, we live in the time now we can buy different things to stabilize our phones. We have access to tripods, table tripods, um, shooting in, in landscape versus portrait mode, um, making sure that you are lighting, setting up. There are really easy ways to set up little studios in your home by buying just like a white box that you can use to shoot inside of and, and light it that way. If you can have external audio, that's great if you're going to be doing video versus photo. Um, but there are all kinds of tips, tools, and hacks. A lot of times I go to photojojo.com to see what they have available, or I'll just stop in the Apple store to see what's the latest and greatest, or I'll check out Indiegogo and Kickstarter to see what's coming down the pipeline, what I should prepare for. That's great advice, great tips. What about tools? Any we, we just have a couple more minutes, so I want to ask about tools, and then I want you to tell us a little bit more about your background and any tips for the students. Sure. So for tools, and I'm going to pull up my phone and cheat here because, of course, when I get put on the spot, it's hard to remember. What I have done is, if you can see, I wait, let me shut this light off, but I create a folder for each social network. And inside that folder, I put all of my favorite tools so that I can edit on the fly or on the go um, because it's really important to me to be able to do this well, all for um, so for Instagram, for example, I make sure that I have a repost app in there so that I can easily repost when I'm at an event or sharing content. Boomerang, which is an Instagram app. Flipagram, so I can do video montage with music. Um, I've got Tempo on there. And then one of my favorite apps what I, that I will disclose, I have received, um, a, I'm a beta tester for them. I test everything out so I don't pay for it, but it is a paid service. The Later app which I love and I plan my editorial around for that. Um, so those are great. And then I keep separate photos for design, for um, creating videos, for live streams, and then each social network. Uh, so with Twitter, um, some of, well, we won't go into that, but I, I do keep like Vine, Periscope, all of those combined in a Twitter folder so I can easily access them. But most important is having design, um, filterized photo overlay um, apps, at your disposal and easy to access. I find it's much more cumbersome when I have to have every app separate. Um, so I use things like ClipStitch or PicFrame. Over and Canva are my two favorite text overlay apps. Um, and then my third close runner up is a beautiful mess, ABM, um, so that I can create unique uh, images and they make it super easy to do that. Ooh, I have to try that one out. So let me ask you, did you get the new iPhone? I did, so I don't have it yet. I did. I with the 7 Plus because I'm really excited about the camera. Um, it's exciting to me. I like the bigger size. I do a lot of work from it. 256. Uh, really? So, yeah, I went for it. I'm yeah. Like, I just went with the new one too, but I thought you had, you had had yours already because last time we talked, you're, you're the one that you're using, I guess, still is about to... It's about done. <laughs> about done. Minus two. Minus two. That's why I can't wait. I'm like every day watching for it. Here next week. <laughs> Hopefully before PubCon, right? 
Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're almost out of time. Just tell us a little bit about your background and if you have any tips for the future graduates that are maybe going to be social media managers. Sure. So I started off, I was a PR comm major in college. I started my career in healthcare PR because that's where my passion was. Um, worked for the largest healthcare system in Chicago, was a manager of communications and government relations, um, did PR agency work. I was director of communications at a community college, and I was doing so much nonprofit um, work that no one was really ready for how crazy I was about social media at the time. And I was developing all these plans. I started blogging about it because it just wasn't fitting my day job. I essentially worked myself out of a job. This one's waking up. Uh, worked myself out of a job and um, started my company. So I was full-time working as a director of communications at the time and consulting in the evening for different brands. And I pivoted a few times and have since become a digital correspondent. So I serve as a spokesperson for brands at big events, large events, or during brand opportunities, creating content for them. But I also behind the scenes do the strategy. So coming up with editorial calendars, how we're going to actually do it, because I still love that. I get really fired up by not just showing up to be a face for something, but actually, you know, producing behind the scenes and editing uh, post-production. I love being able to do all of that. It wasn't a job that existed when I was in college. It's something that I've, I've created that lots of people have created and I'm always ready, you know, for, for the next thing. And I guess my advice to new grads is to not be afraid of what you do know. When you get hired on for that first job, um, knowing that you provide value that, that not everyone knows more than you, that you provide value, not being afraid to offer your point of view, your opinion. And um, remember when you're interviewing for your jobs that you're, you're interviewing them too. They're not just interviewing you because you're going to spend a lot of time there and you should really try to like what you do. Uh, it's not always glamorous right out of college. I'd say 99% of the time it isn't glamorous, uh, but work your way up, find what you are great at and the money will come. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.